guys. Welcome back to the AOT Chronicles and Attack on Titan podcast. I'm your host, Chad. This is Ronnie. And we've got episode six today. The World the Girl Saw, Battle for Trost. Oh, is, is that what yours, uh, your title said, huh? That's what my title is. I'm watching on Crunchyroll. What are you watching it on? Uh, who, so I guess it might be different, huh? What did yours say? The World Seen by a Young Girl, Attack on Trost Part 2. Wow. Kind of weird. Okay. Anyway, uh, welcome back. This is episode six. We like to keep you guys in the know. So, uh, as you know, I haven't finished the entire series at this point. I've seen one episode of season two, and but just no worries there because it's a non-spoiler podcast, and we're only going to talk about things that have happened to episode six. All right. Get us going, Chad. Well, first scene, we've got... Uh Connie shaking a confused Armin. Okay, and Armin's just in a daze, you know. If we remember what happened last episode, he just saw his best bud get swallowed up. So he's freaking out a little bit. And Connie's just like, yo, where's your squad, dude? Why are you by yourself? Armin is not answering him. He's just like losing his shit. Which, what do you think about it? What would you do in this situation if you were him? If I was Armin, if you were Armin, I yeah. would probably have a very similar reaction. This is pretty. Yeah. Uh, this is rough here, um, but at the same time, it's his fault, kind of. It is his fault, and he's. I'm sure he's thinking, "Wow, he'd sacrifice himself for me." You know, he's completely out of it. Everyone around here is talking. Some girl I didn't even know who she was. Um, they're talking about why the Titans didn't take Armin. And she just straight up goes, maybe they thought he was already dead. Ooh. Oh, yeah. That was that was Ymir, by the way. That was Ymir that said that. Ymir? Ymir, yeah. Okay. I'll be honest. I don't know her, but now I do. Ymir. So they haven't shown much of her, but they mentioned her like maybe once in when they were training. But yeah, this is why you're on the saddle, Chaz. We got to get you keep me in line. This is your expertise. Right. And that's when, too, after she says that, Connie's like, yo, shut up. Like, what are you talking about? And she's like, honestly, I wish, or it would have been better if Aaron and the rest of the squad lived instead of this sorry sack of shit talking about Armin, which was another just huge jab on somebody that just saw five of his members die. Huge but, jab, but I'm not sure she's saying anything that's not true. You're exactly right on that. And that's when Connie's like, yo, I'm going to fuck this bitch up. Starts to go at her, and Krista, blonde hair Krista, comes over, and she's, like, trying to break it up. She doesn't want anything started. And Ymir weirdly, oh, Krista, that's why you're the best. Marry me. And just the weirdest antics. Yeah. What is going on behind the scenes of this show? Caught me completely off guard. I was just like, what is going on? And So many off-screen romances (laughs) forming. And then Connie's, he basically says the same thing we just said, and... He then looks at Armin. He's like, get up, man. We're not going to leave you behind. We'll help you. And then Armin just like panics and zooms off. He just takes off. He's like doing his own thing. It's a cool inner monologue he has because it's basically his whole thing is he's losing hope. He's been living this unfulfilled life with hope that it would get better once he got outside the walls and away from the Titans. But he's kind of realizing the whole his whole existence is a living hell. Yeah, he talks about that and how, you know, he's the weak one. He's always had to rely on Aaron and Mikasa. They've always had to lift him up. 
he's just drowning in his own self-pity yeah. really this whole time. It's a sad realization because I feel like everyone's been there before where you're like, oh, once I get to this mm-hmm. age or once I get to this point in my life, it it's all going to be you know coasting downhill and it never seems to quite work out that yeah. way. And he's just wishing he was more like them, that he just wasn't himself. And that's when he just has a terror. He tries to grapple onto that building and just falls straight on his ass. <laughs> Which I thought was awesome because we've already, we know pretty much he's a weakling. Like they didn't even mention his rank. Right. He was just he's probably near the bottom, but he just falls straight on his ass and he just keeps blaming himself for Aaron's death at this point. And that was when he looks over too when he's on the ground and he sees. Yeah, this is your favorite our, couple, Chaz. Our couple, man. The thirty-second screen time they had. How could we have ever known that something bad was going to happen to these two poor souls? Can you believe it? We just have we have Hannah, right? She's sitting there giving CPR to an already dead uh, Franz. Well, well he's not name? already dead. The CPR. Well, she's clearly done the classes. She knows. Um, I will survive by the BGs. You know, you do the. The compression's right. that quick. She's, jump, she's pumping to it. She's doing everything right, so let's just give her a second. And Armin's like... <laughs> Armin's going even more into a spiral, into his self-pity, and then he's looking at her like, yo, he's dead, what are you doing? Freaks out, puts his head, hands on his head, and basically, that's it for him. Then we got next scene going over to the townspeople, and they're all trying to evacuate. And what do you think about this guy that uh, was holding them up? I mean, yeah, this guy seems like kind of a jerk to begin with. But first, I've got to ask, when building these walls, why do you think they decided on, let's make it 46 feet high by 4 feet wide? Of course you can't get this wagon through, because this was just terrible construction. Yeah, it's... And it's a lot of... I don't, what is in the, the wagon? Do you know at this point what... He basically just is like food. It's a bunch of like food and goods yeah, and apparently, materials. Apparently this guy, he's, you know, providing food to all the soldiers and stuff like that. But he's for all guy. we know, he's just lying. I mean, this guy seems like a slime ball anyway. It might just be his baseball card collection that he's got. Uh, and he just doesn't want to give it up. I... That's a good point. I want someone to go rip off that sheet and see what he's really hiding under there because it is not food. No, and if it is food, he is kind of on the heavier side, so a lot of it is probably for himself. Mm-hmm. But that's when, if things couldn't get any worse, that's when we see a Titan just start full-on charging at him. My bad. I want to mention this little girl. Uh, she's kind of worried about what's going on, and her mom says, Your daddy's going to kill the Titans with his cannon. <laughs> hey. No, he's not, <laughs> because the cannons, as mentioned earlier, are terrible. And that's just a, that's just a terrible thing to say to your kid, because the kid's probably seen how awful these cannons are, even though she's a little like seven-year-old girl. She has no respect for her dad. She's just like, my dad, he can't. He's a cannon fire. I've seen what? him shoot things. He can't aim at all. <laughs> now he's got to use these cannons. I've heard nothing but bad things about him. And that's when the Titan hears the, the commentary, and he's like, oh, he's got a cannon? I'm going to charge right at him. Right, and which earliest uh, Titan of the Week I think we've had the entire podcast, Titan of the Week, Floppy Arm Titan. Congratulations. Like, yes, Floppy Arm Titan. I respect that pick, especially the way that he was slowly walking, and then he just all of a sudden started flailing. And right. Running. I thought that was awesome. Horrifying. 
Absolutely horrifying. And that's when we have our girl, who's the best girl. She comes swooping in. You know, the, her, uh, her teammates, I guess, they're trying to go after it. And they're like, oh, it's no use. And she just comes flying in and slays the thing right in front of the whole townspeople. Yeah, we've heard about Mikasa's skills, but I feel like this is the first time we're really getting to see her in action. Yeah. And this, uh, this combo is very impressive. Yeah, I mean, she makes her teammates look slow out yeah. there, and they, they're, I feel like they're more veterans, right? Most Which, also, where are her teammates? That's a really good point. She's yeah. supposed to be, I know, you know, she got moved from Aaron's group, but presumably you would imagine that she would still have a team. I guess they might be so good that they kind of conquer and divide, or divide and conquer. Uh, it's just weird, because I don't remember seeing anyone else with her. She kind of just took this thing yeah, one-on-one. That is true. Had no problem. Right when she uh, slays the thing, too, she lands, and we've got Krusty Man, is what I like to call him. That's a good name for him. we got Krusty Man Slimeball. He's just chilling there, and he's like, oh, good. He's like, you showed up. He's like, please, tell all these people to shove my whatever materials, I don't even know what he has, but shove my wagon through the gate so we can finally escape. Yeah, this guy thinks if you get 10 people to try and push a basketball through a baseball pitching machine, it's somehow yeah. going to work. That's not how... I don't know if this guy had the little shape game when he was a baby where you put the circle in the circle and the square in the square, but it's just not how solid objects work at all. Well, this guy, he's just an idiot. He Somehow he's rich. I don't know how he got his money. He must be a con man, but he's an idiot. And that's when Mikasa is just like... Right now, my friends are dying and because you people aren't evacuating, and this is the reason why, pretty much. And then she has a quote, too, to the guy, which this is my favorite quote that I think I've seen of her. But she says, If you expect someone to die for the sake of another, as a matter of course, I'm sure you'll understand this. And then she walks slowly towards him, menacingly. Oh, I love it. JoJo reference. And says... That sometimes a single noble sacrifice can save many lives. And I thought that was just so badass that right. a chick is just walking up saying that. She's so right. And then the two uh, henchmen come running at her. She didn't even have time for these guys. She just slaps them with like the flat edge of the blade. Yeah, the dull end just knocks them out and just walks straight up to the crusty man. And what does she say to him again? I mean, he, basically just like... Oh, he was like, I'm going to expose you to the... Oh yeah, he was threatening her, yeah, he saying threatening he knows her. he knows uh, basically who's in charge of her, her boss, and you know he's gonna hear about this. Yeah, and that's when she's like, "Oh well, your dead corpse won't be able to say that." <laughs> Just roast the motherfucker. Yeah, I love it. I love getting blade. this opportunity oh. to see Mikasa when she's not right next to Aaron. Mm-hmm. Shows how much of a badass she really is when she's yeah. not having to protect. Aaron's sorry ass, but then she just sticks the blade right at a uh, crusty man's face and just tries him, and it was just awesome. That was that was another great scene. Tells people pull out the wagon and they all get through. Yeah, and little girl who poor dad is trying to shoot things with cannons says thanks and is obviously uh, very enamored with Mikasa. She's very inspired and hopefully not too inspired to join the uh, scout regimen. Yeah, I feel like there's a good level of inspiration you can obtain from stuff like this. You don't want to be full Aaron. You want to be, you just want to have enough inspiration to be a good citizen. And hopefully she doesn't think she can be on Mikasa's level because 
She's not human. Yeah. Something's it's not going very on. realistic if you think that. And that's when is it is this your boy McDreamy or am I wrong? Oh, if it is, I missed it. So I wanna say no because the only reason I'll say that is because usually anytime you see McDreamy, it's because Pixies is right there. Okay. I think he's kind of his side man. So I'm going to say no, and that's only because I'm going to be mad if I missed an opportunity to just well, it, look at him. You might be right. It might not be him, but it's at least a veteran, I know. It was one of the uh, rear guard, right, that they recruited? Mi- Mikasa? I, I believe so, yeah. Yeah, it's just somebody from that team. He's just a veteran. He comes up to Mikasa and he's just like oh good shit like great job or whatever and uh he then asks her so what happened to you before this for you to be such a badass and then when he says that he kind of realizes oh that might be a bad question right and backs off that real quick she just looks up and goes oh you don't even want to know oh yeah she also tells she also tells this guy she's like I used up my blades too soon you know that was my fault it's a mistake. I won't let it happen again. And he's just like, yeah. From Damn. our eyes, she did everything perfectly, and yeah. she's, you know, she's criticizing her performance because she wasted a blade on one titan. And then that's when we go to the calling card, the cut scene calling card is what I like to call it. But in between scenes, and it says, uh, "Ultra hard steel, material supple and strong, capable of slicing titans, used to forge their own swords." It can only be manufactured in the blast furnaces of the factory cities. Yeah, a little interesting nugget there. We can't just make these anywhere. we got to have mm-hmm. the special equipment to make these titan-killing blades. That's when we go to a flashback. We go all the way back to 844, which is... You say all the way back. i got to say, on rewatch, this was a really interesting thing that I didn't catch because we start off the show in 845. Right. And obviously our characters look younger. I feel like they look, which, you know, puberty is one hell of a thing, but they look super young in this. So I was kind of amazed to know that from where we are here to where we get in that first episode, it has only been like a year. Yeah, because they, in 844, they're they're both 15 years old right now. So in 844, they would have been nine. So at this point, from when his mom got eaten to 844, it was just a year. So nine and ten years old. Right. Which is pretty crazy to think about. Yeah, I guess the way I look at it the most, and we can get more into it as we uh, get into how Aaron helped Mikasa, but it's just super interesting that she has formed such a strong bond to him in such a little amount of time. Right. Yeah, it was just a year. So we go back to that scene, and it's just Mikasa knitting with her mother and her father, who we have not seen before. This is just a... A new scene. They're having a great wholesome moment. She, you know, they're what they're doing some sewing and yeah. Mikasa is like, look what I did, and mom's so proud of her. She's so proud. She's like, oh, you can teach this and pass it on to the next generation of your kids. And she's like, one thing led to another. And how we do get... we get kids? <laughs> yeah. Mikasa's dad was so eager to get out of telling her where babies come from that he didn't even bother double-checking who was at the door. Yeah, exactly. He's just like, oh, it has to be Dr. Yeager. There's no way it's anyone else. (laughs) I would have done the same thing. Yeah. even It's it's like Dr. Yeager's supposed to be there at 5.30. It's 3.45, and he's just like, yeah, he's probably early, and just swung the door open. He's eager to see us. As soon as he opens the door, it just flashes over, 
and we're in a new scene, and it's uh, Grisha or Doctor Jaeger and Aaron, and he. It's nighttime now. I feel like it was daytime in the scene before. Yeah, a little more dusk. Yeah, a little more dusk. Doctor Jaeger's banging on the door. No one's answering. He's trying to tell Aaron, you know, I want you to be friends with Mikasa, and Aaron is so sassy. He's a, it depends on her attitude, which, I mean, yeah, I'm the same just... kind of person, so that's why I have two friends, uh, Chaz and Chad, and yep. it's because it depends on everyone's attitude if I'm going to like him or not. And that's when he just roasts Aaron, and he's like, this is why you only have one friend. And I thought that was awesome. He Then he's like, all right, they're not coming to the door, I'm, I'm going to open it and see if they're here. So he opens the door, and that's when he sees... Not a very good sight, Ronnie. Not a very good sight. It's not exactly what he wanted to see. <laughs> he just sees the slain, uh, well, we don't know their names, but Mikas' parents. Just, Mr. and Mrs. Ackerman. Yep, Mr. and Mrs. Ackerman, and they're just slayed on the floor. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe not, actually, yeah. You're right. We don't really know, but... Names are one hell of a thing to try exactly. and keep track of. So, it's all kind of twists and turns. And Aaron's sitting by the door while Dr. Jaeger goes and checks on the uh, corpses. Yeah, good move, not letting him in there. Mm-hmm. Maybe a bad move, saying, go wait by the bottom of the street. Yeah, he tells Aaron to go wait at the base of the mountain. Like I don't care if it's like not. 20 feet away. I still think I'd say, hey, just stay right there at the door. Uh, you can keep talking yeah. to me, but... He'd trust his nine-year-old to uh, go to the base of the mountain and be able to protect himself against something like this, which is pretty ballsy. Then that's when we get a cut scene, right? And it goes to two guys that look like they're human traffickers, I suppose. Yeah, these guys look exactly like human traffickers. Yes, yeah, they are. Human traffickers have a certain look to them, and these are the... <laughs> these are these guys, dude. <laughs> Sometimes you see a couple guys, you're like, wow, those guys look like human traffickers. Yeah. You just know you wouldn't want to be around them. Yeah, but hot take. These guys are real jerks. Yeah, that's I, my. I would say so. That's my take I've developed. Yeah, because especially the one guy, he's like, he's got his foot on top of Mikasa, and he's saying, "Oh, well, you're kind of, you're just a kid, but you're not really my type. But I'm sure we can still sell you." Yeah, they mention that they're gonna sell. I think this is a paraphrase or a quote, one of the two. Sell her to the rich pervs who live beneath Capital City. The capital City, yep. Beneath. Interesting. And that's when one of the guys starts talking, and he's like, yeah, if you look at her close enough, she's Asian. And I don't know if you know this, dummy, but people from Asia fled here, and she's probably the last of the descendants. She'll go for a really high price. This is something that, you know, I certainly didn't catch just through the animation, but... Um, kind of interesting to know that Mikasa is got a little bit of different uh, race to her than most of the people around. Mm -hmm. That's one of the guy too. He also mentions that her dad did not look Asian whatsoever. Right. That she's probably half Asian. Mm -hmm. And that's when the other guys like you're. That's why you're an idiot for yeah. killing the mom. That's she's why full blooded. You, that's why you really botched this entire yeah. operation. You fucked it up, buddy. <laughs> we would have had a lot of money. Which is just a scumbag thing to say, but he still says that the girl will probably go for a high price. If you do, you're do, you going to do your job, do it right, I say. And then we get a little open of the door and we see that it's Aaron. And he's like, 
Excuse me, um, I was lost in the forest, and this is the only house I found. Yeah, let me just say, you know, Aaron, even though we're not exactly sure how he got there, he did get to top five of the entire class. But he might be a better actor than he is a soldier. I was very yeah. impressed with this performance w- from little nine-year-old Aaron. I will say this. I genuinely thought the first time I saw this that he actually was lost. It was like he got away from his dad somehow and he was actually lost. <laughs> On his way to the bottom of the street, he really yeah. just didn't know where he was going. He had no idea where he was going. One thing led to another. That's when one of the guys, he's like, walks over to him, you know, kind of consoling him and he's and the other guy's like yo get rid of him get yeah i'm out of here this guy's thinking this entire job has really gone off the rails he's like we didn't even get the person we wanted we and now this little kid's showing up i gotta deal with this we're taking care of two nine-year-olds we're baby, basically babysitters now i guess like, you know apples into oranges he's thinking well now at least you know i can keep this guy too also sell him off yeah, and that's when Aaron, uh, it slowly pans down, and you see a knife behind Aaron's back, and you're just like, oh, shit, nine-year-old with a knife? Okay, and then he just straight up guts him, guts the guy, which I was really shocked by that, that Aaron had that kind of uh, fight in him at nine years old. This is so wild to me. I feel like this is really the meat and potatoes of this episode, even more so because, I mean, we knew Mikasa, how strongly she felt about Aaron, but... The fact that Aaron has this rage inside of him from this early on, the way he does this makes me think, okay, has he done this before? Yeah, and to be nine years old and to think, oh, has this guy done this before is terrifying. He hunted these guys down. It's not even like it was a quick decision. He hunted these guys down and then didn't think twice of just stabbing this guy. With a second guy right behind him, he knew he was going to have to deal with that second guy. And he still didn't even care. It was, it's crazy. It's, I feel like there's way more to Aaron than we know about because I don't, even if he's just a good kid and knows what's right and wrong, this is on another level. Yeah, and it was even ter- more terrifying that he had knew to have a knife on him and to go hunt these people down. Like, yeah. I, I was I was really shocked by this the first Does time. Does his I saw dad it. know he has a knife? I mean, there's so many layers to it. That's what makes it so good. He then closes the door. And, like, acts like he's running off, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Second question. Has his dad shown him how to uh, craft a bayonet out of a mop slash broom, whatever it is? Because this is, I'm telling you, this is next level Brutal. shit Aaron's doing. Brutal. Just straight up lets the guy open the door and fall to follow him and just straight up spears him with a, a handmade bayonet. Yeah. Just incredible. This kid's nine years old. He's using all his resources. It's, it's, I was blown away. I feel like Jeffrey Dahmer might have done something like this as a kid. I don't know what you're trying to say about Aaron there. I just think this is super impressive. He's... And what's even crazier is after he spears the guy, he pulls the knife back out of the other guy and starts stabbing the guy repeatedly and he's saying die you, you animal that's what i'm saying it's there's a rage behind this this isn't even just that he knows or he you know he doesn't blink and he's just trying to end these guys he's so mad at these guys he's not just doing what's right yeah he's doing what's right and then a little bit extra but he just continuously stabs the guy tells him to die you animal you asshole and then after he's done he cuts Mika says tied rope off and he's talking to her and he's like 
What does he say to her again? He's. Um, I mean, I don't even know exactly what he says, but he just... Nine-year-old Aaron is so much more boss than 15, 14-year-old Aaron, whatever he is at this point, because he's consoling her perfectly. He's... You know, he's got the scarf, he's getting her up, saying, you know, you're safe now, I'm here. It's just super impressed. Yeah, and then that's when she goes, wait, there was a third guy out of nowhere. And the look in his eyes, he's like, oh, shit. And right when she says that, another guy just comes walking in. He was like, I only made one spear out of a mop. I was not expecting yeah. a third. And then the normal uh, take actually happens when... What was this guy doing? Just taking a dump somewhere? I think he was. This guy still had... His hands were still wet after washing his hands. I feel like one of the first two people Aaron killed probably screamed, and that guy was like finishing up, and he didn't come running in right away. He's like, well, i got to wash my hands. Don't want to be unclean. And then he just kicks the shit out of Aaron. Aaron goes flying, and this is when it gets realistic. It's like, oh shit, this is what actually happens when a 35-year-old man attacks a 9-year-old. Right. And then he grabs Aaron by the neck, and he's just choking him to death. And Aaron's like, fight, Mikasa, fight. And that's all he can think to say to Mikasa. And she goes through this whole thing of thinking back to like her past yeah. childhood. Of You can't just skim over this, because not only is he telling her to fight... This is a different era. The wisdom, the fighting wisdom. He's you know given her, you know fight. If you fight and win, you live. If you lose, then you die. But that's already what was going to happen if you didn't fight anyway. Yeah. Uh, is this like morals that his dad's put into him? What kind of conversations have him and uh, Grisha had? Because this is some deep stuff coming from a nine-year-old who's choking to death. Yes, very deep stuff. And that's when she even thinks back to like her her childhood and how she saw like bugs attacking each other and her dad killing killing a bird for food and stuff like that. And she's like, Oh, the weak always die. Like yeah. you, you can't win unless you try and you fight. This episode has so much good stuff about how they want to portray the world or how Isiyama what is it? Isayama, I think. Isayama, how he wants to portray his world because you have Armin in the beginning who he's kind of having the inner monologue of how he thought things were going to get better once he got outside the walls, but he sees how lost the world truly is. Mikasa seeing that, you know, we live day to day happy, but look at all this, you know, death and destruction we're causing to all these other creatures. It's just, it's super interesting. I love it. And I love how she repeats and she says this world is cruel and that's like a thing that they've you know they've uh, you've heard a lot of people say that they just talk about how cruel the world is and that's when she just stops shaking charges at the guy and just guts him but i i just love how they repeatedly say and talk about how cruel the world is and how that kind of motivates them to keep fighting yeah just good world building like i was saying and then next scene we've got the military police showing up with Grisha, and then I guess it looks like it's been a couple hours, right? It looks like it's been a while. Yeah, it definitely seems like, because I don't know how you get in contact with the military police. I haven't seen a phone of any kind, so definitely seems like uh, Grisha probably went in, tried to save save him, realized it was just you know way too late, and had to contact them some way, somehow, and then he had to find Aaron as well. Yeah, and then when he finally found Aaron, it looks like it's middle of the night almost. Yeah. Like it's been a few hours. Grisha's just like, what are you doing? 
which any any dad would be like this like what are you thinking like i told you to wait at the base of the mountain for me and you go off and you stab two people to death right this is all the more reason why it's so interesting the way that aaron just took care of business because it's not like aaron said dad this is what you told me to do this is how you taught me he's just kind of saying like they were scum this was the right thing to do and by grisha's reaction too he was definitely surprised by this. Like, he did not know Aaron had this in him. And he knew Aaron was a stubborn kid, but you could definitely tell he did not know that Aaron would do something like this. Yeah, I've I made a bit of a blunder in an earlier episode. I believe I said Dr. Yeager's hair was in a ponytail. It's a good thing no one's listening, because I probably would have caught a lot of, uh, a lot of heat <laughs> in the comments slash emails. It, from here, it looks like it's not even a ponytail, but I'm also not completely backing off of it because it's weird hair. It like gets skinny in the middle near his neck, and then it expands again. I don't know exactly what kind of hairstyle he's rocking, but he's rocking it well, and I love it. Please feel free to roast us, too. If you hear, hear us make a mistake like that, just please feel free to comment, roast dislike us, the video. Let us know what you call this hairstyle. Um at the podcast chronicles at gmail.com just give us a thumbs down on youtube keep on it you. going but basically dr jaeger's just like what are you doing like that's stupid you're lucky like you're just lucky you're nine years old like if you wouldn't have s- snuck up on him like that you're dead you're there's no way out of that and then what does aaron say he's just like these guys yeah it's kind of like i said before they're scum had to take care of them yeah and mika says over there just in shock. I don't even know. If I was her, I really don't know what I would do at this point, being nine years old and seeing my parents brutally murdered. And this um, is this is it. I mean, this is Aaron. He's doing all the right things. Like I said before, he, he's got the scarf. Puts it around her here. Yep. You know, tells her. She's like, what do I do now? And Dr. Yeager's like, you're coming home with us. and Or you can stay with us. And Oh, yeah. Aaron's like, yeah, let's go home. She said one of the saddest lines. It was like, you're Dr. Yeager. Can you please point in the direction to where I can go home now? That was just brutal right there. And then she's like, oh, wait, I don't have a home anymore. Jeez. That's when uh, Aaron, you could tell, felt bad. And he put the scarf around her, blah, blah. Just such a wholesome moment. It was really goofy, though, the way he put the scarf around her, by the way. He's not yeah. very good at he, it. He, like, yeah, wrapped it around her eyes first, and she was like, well, this is very nice, but let me scoot this down so I can see you. It's warm, isn't it? <laughs> and then that's when it pans over. She's thinking, yeah, my parents just died, but thank God my <laughs> neck is warm. I think this is the moment that she realizes, well, this is the moment she becomes Mikasa, the character we know, yeah. I feel like. Definitely. And then that's when it pans over. Whole mindset. And she's just slaying shit. She's just thinking back to that, just absolutely doing work. Only the victors are allowed to live. It's a cruel world. Right. And then the last line she says is, Aaron, as long as I have you, I can do anything. And little does she know, Aaron just got swallowed up by a titan. So she doesn't have him anymore. So I don't, we yet to be, yet to be seen if she can do anything. That episode ended off perfectly, though. Yeah, such a great episode, because it it's interesting. When I went to watch this episode and take notes, I really didn't have a whole lot of notes, but there was so much uh, so much going on with the characters and things that you could look into. That was the loudest swallow I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> but uh, 
But no, I love this episode. I would Coffee. definitely, definitely say the best since last episode. Yeah, that's a great take, Ronnie. <laughs> In all seriousness, though, this is this is a different kind because we get the action of last episode. We slow things down a little bit, get some background. And in its own way, this one's perfect, too. We needed to know why Mikasa was such up Aaron's ass, too, though. Yeah, it makes obviously we really we've been did. goofing on it, but um, it makes sense given what she did. Yeah, and... Or what he did. What he did, yeah. And just the fact that she's thinking, oh, I've lost everyone. He's the only one I got left. Right. So, it makes total sense. Well, I think that about wraps it up. You got anything else? I think that's it, Ronnie. Well, send us send us the feedback at the podcast chronicles at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Uh, like he said, yep. I'm Ronnie. He's Chad. I'm Chad. And uh, see you later. Subscribe. Yes, yeah, subscribe. Thumbs up. Like. Tell your parents. But you don't want to hear us say this. You've already turned the podcast off. We'll see you later. We'll see you. Hey guys, welcome back to the AOT Chronicles, an Attack on Titan podcast. I'm your boy, Ronnie. (laughs) (laughs) I was thinking so hard on...